Eugene Wood. That's a great, a great passage there. Um, and you're going to hear more about how God listens and hears our prayers today. So children ages 3 through 2nd grade, you're just missed the children's church. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 30, verses 22 to 24 today, just three verses. And we're going to be talking about the God of possible <clears throat> and how he answered prayer. So I want to begin with this illustration this morning. I was surprised to read a Facebook posting from a friend in South Dakota named Diane. This is the person writing this. She wrote, I had a nice surprise last night. At about 10.30 p.m., the phone rang. It was Governor Mike Rounds checking in with us to see how the road repair was going. There had been a lot of flooding in the area where Diane lives, and the roads were a mess. And the governor actually called her to see how she felt about the repair progress. When I wrote Diane to express my surprise, she said it wasn't the first time a governor had called her. Another time, some years ago, one of South Dakota's previous governors called about some FEMA money for the area. She told me that when the governor called, she was in the middle of a home perm, but couldn't very well tell the governor to hold while she uh, rinsed her hair. She said, that frizzy hair haunted me for weeks. You ladies understand that, don't you? <laughs> I know that South Dakota is a small state, but this, is an inc this was incredible to me. I asked Diane if she was in county government or something, and she said she wasn't. Sensing I was blown away by her uh, interactions with the government, she had said uh, this, she had this to say, I have found that shaking the tree from the top gets the fastest results. When there's a problem, I usually become the squeaky wheel, and I think they just want to get me off their case. My conversation with Diane made me think of the parable Jesus told in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8, the one about the persistent widow and the judge who finally relented and granted her request. Jesus concluded, and will not God bring about justice in his chosen ones? or for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The issue isn't whether God cares or is listening. The issue is whether we have faith enough to persist in shaking the tree. So it's not that God doesn't care about us and it's that he doesn't listen to us. It's like, are we going to be willing to faithfully continue to cry out to him <clears throat> for those requests and so you know for me i think about that when it comes to a couple of things i've been praying about the tax debt here you know my prayer about the tax debt has been that god would just miraculously and supernaturally provide a large sum uh, that would eliminate the entire tax debt that's been my prayer but god has answered that prayer several ways just recently we had twenty eight thousand dollars that came in in three weeks toward the the tax debt uh, so it was three smaller lump sums and then there's been, uh, God's been providing each month through the rental of the other parsonage and the multi-purpose room to Manelli Educational Services, and we take those funds and put them toward the tax debt. And then he's also been providing through you all just a consistent giving from individuals within the church towards the tax debt. And so God is answering my prayer, right? Maybe not in the way that I've been asking him to, but he's still answering that prayer. And so we have to rely upon his plan and his purpose and what he wants to accomplish and through all of those ways, I know that God cares and listens, right? Because he is answering. Judy and I know that God cares and listens. We, we had complications with our last two pregnancies, and we fervently prayed for those pregnancies, and we saw God answer in miraculous ways to allow us to have our second and third sons. 
we've experienced God's care through healings in our own lives, in our own bodies. We know that God cares and listens when we've transitioned from one job to another. When we've moved all over the country, he's taken care of us and he's provided. God's shown his love and care to us through providing financially throughout our entire married lives. And then the Lord's given us wisdom in relationships as we've sought him through prayer. So God answers prayer. He cares about us, doesn't he? I think about that for you all. How many of us have continued to seek the Lord in prayer for something? Many times we ask and keep on asking for uh, salvation for a loved one, whether it's a husband or a, a parent, a child, a grandchild, or some friend. At other times we continue to pray about financial situations that are going on in our lives and for his provision. Still others get on their knees daily for a job or job-related circumstance. And they cry out to him. At times we fall face down in desperation concerning an illness, whether our own or a family member or a friend. And we don't stop petitioning God until we hear from him. How many of us know that God cares and he listens? I want you to take a moment just today, just this morning here, to reflect on a, a recent answer to prayer. What were you praying about? How long have you been praying about it? How did God answer your prayer? Just take a moment this morning just to reflect on that. What were you praying about? How long did you pray about it? How did he answer? And just worship him this morning. Just praise him for how he's done that. He, he listens. He remembers us. He cares for us. Well, Rachel, <clears throat> in this passage this morning, experienced God's care and knew that he listened to her cries of desperation. The Lord would open her womb and allow her to conceive. It would be an answer to her prayers and not human schemes or magical fruit or root. She experienced what many of us have experienced, and that's our big idea today, that God cares for us or cares about us. And so let's just commit this to the Lord in prayer this morning lord we just come to you we thank you that we can trust in the fact that you care for us that you care about us lord god you've remembered us you haven't forgotten us you hear our cries of desperation lord god lord you provide in incredible ways and we are grateful for that today i pray lord that as we go through this passage of scripture today that you would allow your holy spirit to work in the hearts and minds of each person here that they would be encouraged and strengthened through the truths that we're going to be looking at, through the principles that we see in your word. Lord God, I pray that your voice would be heard above my own, that we would respond to your voice today. So Lord, we commit ourselves to you now. We commit your word to you as well. We thank you for the power that it has to transform us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen three things that we're going to look at in these three verses first we're going to see that god remembered second that he listened and third that he provided and so just the first part of verse 22 we see this and this is what scripture says genesis chapter 30 verse 22 then god remembered rachel isn't that wonderful she's been crying out to him for a long time wanting a child of her own and it says that God remembered her 
This isn't the first time that God remembered a human being. We see this phrase used in, for Noah and Abraham in the book of Genesis also. If you go back to Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, we read these words, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. <clears throat> so they've been out there a long time, right? Forty days, forty nights of rain, plus a little bit longer as the water's receding. God remembered Noah. And those wild animals and his other family members. And he sends this wind to cause the water to begin to recede. And then in Genesis chapter 19, verse 29, we see Abraham. <clears throat> and we see these words. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, Sodom and Gomorrah, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out uh, of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. And so it's like, you know, Abraham had been crying out. Do you remember what Abraham did? He said, God, if there's this certain number of people still left that are righteous, will you still destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? He says, no, I won't destroy it. Is there, God, uh, you know, I don't mean to keep uh, prying here a little bit, but how about this many? How about this many? He whittles it way down to a very small number of people th that would still be righteous. Would God still uh, preserve Sodom and Gomorrah for those that were righteous? And God said, I will. But we realized that he didn't even find that small number there. But he does remember that Lot is there and so he brings lot and his family out so he remembers abraham there and so the first principle that we see here today is this god does not forget about his people he is all knowing he knew what noah needed after being cooped up in an ark for a long time he knew what abraham and lot needed in order to protect lot in that generation he knew rachel's heart and her desire to have her own children he didn't forget about any of them he and he doesn't forget about us god's timing and purpose purposes are perfect he knows your heart, and he knows your desires. He knows that you want your spouse, parent, child, grandchild, friend, schoolmate, co-worker, or someone else to believe in Jesus. You've been praying for them. You've been crying out to God on behalf of that individual, that they would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about that desire that you have. He knows that you want to be healed from the physical issues that you're dealing with right now. He knows that you want your family member or friend to be healed. He knows about the financial struggles that you're experiencing and going through right now. He knows about the relational tensions that, you're, that are happening in your family, at school, in your neighborhood, and at work. Those, those aren't lost on him. He knows that you want to be married and have a family. He knows that you want to have children of your own. He knows about your fears, anxiety, and depression that accompany all those issues that we just mentioned. He knows that you're struggling. He hasn't forgotten about you. We see some biblical promises or truths uh, from his word. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, we read this. A man of many uh, companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's talking about Jesus there, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 say this. Keep your lives free from the love of money and, the, and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So he says here, he'll never leave us and forsake means that he'll never turn his back on us and walk away. He's always there, intimately concerned about what we're going through. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 15 and 16. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. What a great promise from the Lord. He said, even if, even if your mother forgets about you, I will not forget about you. 
I have written you on my palms of his hands. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So perhaps you need to be reminded today and claim the truth that God has not forgotten you. You've not slipped his mind. He is aware of everything that you're going through. And so maybe you need to take that first next step, and that's to find encouragement through the truth that God has not forgotten about me. He cares about you. He knows the struggles that you're going through. He knows your heart desires. God had not forgotten about Rachel and her desire to have a child of her own. He had heard her prayers. That's what we see in the second point this morning is that God listened. The second part of verse 22. He, talking about God, listened to her and opened her womb. And so the fact that God listened to Rachel tells us that she had been crying out to him in prayer. Matthew says his attentive ear implies that she continued her petitions for a child, resulting in his gracious answer. It's likely that Rachel's prayer also included a petition that the Lord would remove her disgrace within the community. If you remember, it, she wasn't highly regarded in the community because she couldn't have children. She was looked down on. There was this just disgrace that she was walking around with all the time and so god answered her prayer and he opened her womb and rachel had probably been praying for a child from the beginning from the time she married jacob which would have been a, around seven years at this point that's a long time right to be petitioning god but he says you know asking keep on asking don't stop what have you been crying out to the lord about how long have you been petitioning him about that are you beginning to question whether or not he's listening? Our second principle today is simply this. God hears and answers our prayers. God was listening to Rachel and her prayers, and he had the perfect time set aside to answer her prayer. We don't understand the timing, do we? We even reading this story, we still don't get it. But it was his perfect timing and purpose for Rachel that seven-plus years after she became a wife, she then became a mother. We see some... Uh, some great biblical background for this as well. First Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 12 tell us this. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God's ears are attentive to those who seek righteousness. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that, he, uh, that we have what we have asked for. And again, it's according to his will that we're praying. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray continually. Just two words. We're supposed to keep asking. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. God hears and answers our prayers. He knows our heart, right? He's saying here that even before we verbalize it, he knows our heart. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7 say this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Aren't those wonderful truths from God's word? We can hold on to and claim those truths. The same is true for us, for you and me. God hears 
our prayers in, and it's a perfect timing at answering them. We may not understand his timing, but it's still perfect. We know that God answers our prayers in three ways. Yes, no, and wait. Our desire is that he always answers yes right away, correct? We're like, God, just, I'm praying, and all I, just, I just need to answer the prayer the first time I pray it, and I want you to say yes. But he knows what's best for us, right? He knows what his timing is best for us. And he, he knows what his will and purpose is for us. We struggle when he answers no or wait. The Lord's been answering Rachel, wait, but eventually he answers yes to her request. And maybe the Lord is currently answering your request with wait. And you're like, ah, I'm ready. But that does not mean that he does not hear your prayers or has not answered your prayers. Sometimes that's, that's the attitude we take with God, right? When he doesn't answer yes right away, but he answers no or wait, we're like, God hasn't heard my prayer. He doesn't care about me. He's not listening to me. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. He has heard your prayer. He is listening to you. He cares about you. And he's saying, wait, or he's saying no. There's something better coming. Wait. So maybe you need to take the second next step today, and that's to have confidence that God hears and answers my prayers, even if his current answer is no or wait. You see, God cares about you by hearing and answering your prayers. God opened Rachel's womb at just the right time and answered her prayers. And notice that the man Drake she asked for did not have any influence on her infertility. It was God who opened her womb. And so God provided a son for her. Look at verses, this is the third point this morning, provided. Look at verses 23 and 24. This is what God's word says. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. So after God opened her womb, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God is the one who provided a baby boy for Rachel. It wasn't a maidservant. It wasn't special root or fruit that they thought was magical it wasn't any of that it was god's perfect timing and plan for her and when he was answering yes and so golden gate says there are four keys that god personally holds on to so that only he can open the door rain food tomb and womb and he was doing that with rachel it was according to his timing and purpose for Rachel. Rachel tried to speed up God's timing by giving her maidservant to Bilhah to, uh, Bilha to Jacob, but that didn't satisfy her. Rachel tried to supersede God's purpose by bargaining with Leah for her son's mandrakes, hoping that the quote-unquote magical fruit and root would re reverse the curse of infertility, but it didn't. That didn't bring fulfillment. She realizes now that God is her provider, which is our third principle today, God is our provider. We have to be careful that we don't try to run ahead of God and his timing. We also have to make sure that we don't try to supersede God's plan and purpose by using other people and things to accomplish our desires. We need to patiently and faithfully wait for God to provide according to his timing and purpose. And when he provides, guess what? We know it will be good. It'll be what's best for us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says... And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's a beautiful promise this morning. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Aren't you grateful that he's unchanging? 
and that he promises every good and perfect gift comes from him. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What do we need to do? We need to seek his righteousness and his kingdom first above all else. And he knows what we need, and he'll provide. He is our provider. God cares about you, and he provides for you. And you can claim that truth today in the third next step. And that's to claim the truth that God is my provider. God had provided a son for Rachel at just the right time and according to his plan and purpose. God also answered Rachel's prayer to eliminate her disgrace. Her, her response to becoming pregnant was to recognize that God had removed her disgrace and exalted her in his time. My guess is um, that perhaps Rachel needed to learn to rely on God instead of herself, her husband, her maidservant, and some magical plant. And maybe when she learned that, that lesson and God saw growth in her, he opened her womb and allowed her to become pregnant. And that takes us to the fourth principle today is that God exalts us in his time. Now, I'm certain that no one else here struggles with pride like I do. In my humanness, I want to be exalted and looked at with high regard by uh, uh, fellow colleagues and friends and family members and by you all. I want to be recognized and praised. I know that no one else uh, has those same desires that I do. So you just let me, let me share this morning. <laughs> uh, my guess is that most of us struggle with some pride in our lives, right? Wanting to be praised and recognized by colleagues and family and friends. And we all need to be reminded that we work and serve for an audience of one. Matthew chapter 25, verses 21 and 23 say the same thing. This is the, the guy that, you know, the, the landowner, the master that goes away and then trusts some talents to three different servants and two of them do what they should have done and this is his response to them his master replied well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness how many of us would say today that's what we want to hear from god when we meet him someday well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful in a little i'm going to give you more yeah come and share in your master's happiness. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 say this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. We're serving and working for an audience of one. It's Jesus Christ. And God will exalt us in his time, so we need to, be, we need to faithfully serve him where we are. And through that, we will know that God cares for us. Rachel names her son Joseph. With his name means Jehovah has added. And Rachel was hopeful in naming her, her son Joseph that the Lord will allow her to have another son. Well, he does. That's getting ahead of the story. We'll have to wait for that. So as we kind of come to the end of this three verses... I just want to say to you today, be encouraged that God has not forgotten you because he cares for you. You can have confidence that God hears and answers your prayers because he cares for you. You can know that God is your provider because he cares for you. And God is the one who exalts you in his time. As a body of believers, we can trust that God has not forgotten about us at Idaville Church. 
He answers our prayers. We're seeing that time and time again. He is doing incredible things here at Idaville. And so I hope that you see that and are encouraged by that. He provides for us. Do you know that? Do you have confidence in that today? I do. And he will exalt us in his time. Author and speaker Brennan Manning has an amazing story about how he got his name Brennan. While growing up, his best friend was Ray. The two of them did everything together, bought a car together as teenagers, double dated together, went to school together and so forth. They even enlisted in the army together, went to boot camp together and fought on the front lines together. One night while sitting in a foxhole, Brennan was reminiscing about the old days in Brooklyn with Ray. Uh, while Ray listened and ate a chocolate bar, Suddenly, a live grenade came into the foxhole. Ray looked at Brennan, smiled, dropped his chocolate bar, and threw himself on, on the live grenade. It exploded, killing Ray. But Brennan's life was spared. When Brennan became a priest, he was instructed to take on a name of a saint. He thought of his friend Ray Brennan. So he took on the name Brennan. Years later, he went to visit Ray's mother in Brooklyn. They sat up late one night uh, having tea when Brennan asked her, Do you think Ray loved me? Mrs. Brennan got up, got up off the couch, shook her finger in front of Brennan's face and shouted, what more could he have done for you? Brennan said that at that moment he experienced an epiphany. He imagined himself standing before the cross of Jesus wondering, does God really love me? And Jesus' mother, Mary, pointing to her son saying, what more could he have done for you? The cross of Jesus is God's way of doing all he could do for us. And yet we often wonder, does God really love me? Am I important to God? Does God care about me? The answer is yes. God cares about you and he loves you deeply. <laughs> In John chapter 3, verse 16, we read the words, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That everlasting life is the kind of life we need here on earth to obey God, and it's the kind of life that we need in order to spend eternity with him in heaven someday. That's pretty incredible love. That shows that God cares for us. His word tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us are exempt from sin. We've all chosen to go our, our own way. And all we have to do is look at just a couple of the Ten Commandments to realize that we are not good people, that we are all sinners, because we've all told a lie at some point in our lives. We've all taken something perhaps that doesn't belong to us. Maybe, um, you know, we, we've done other things where we've hated someone or we've looked at someone with lust. And then God's Word tells us that if we've just broken one of those, it's though we've broken all of them. So we're not good people. We're of all sinners. But the great thing is, is in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, God's word tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's the negative side of that verse. What we earn or deserve for our sin is to be separated from God for all of eternity. But the second part of the verse brings us hope. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That eternal life is the same as everlasting life that we heard about in John three sixteen. It's the kind of life we need to obey God here on earth and to spend eternity with him in heaven. And the great thing about God is his incredible love for us. We see it in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He says that he demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
we weren't even seeking God. We didn't even want to be in a relationship with him, but it says God loves us so much, he goes, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're not pursuing me right now, I'm still going to send Jesus so that when you do pursue me, there's a way to take care of that sin problem that you have, that you don't have to be separated from me from all eternity. He says, that's how much I love you. That's how much he cares for us, right? And then we see in John chapter 1, verse 12, the apostle John is writing, and he says, to those who receive Jesus, to those, uh, to any who, who receive Jesus, to those who believe in his name, they are given the right to become children of God. So we can become part of God's family and spend eternity with him. And I just encourage you today, if you've never made that decision for Jesus, if you've never received him, and you've never believed in his name, and you've never chosen to be part of his family, I encourage you to make that choice today. And if you make that choice, make sure to, on the back of your communication card, it says, send me info about, you know, becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Mark that circle, put your information on the front of the card. I want to talk with you about that decision. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. This side of heaven. And that shows how much God cares for us. He loves us. He is the God of the possible. He's the one that opened Leah's womb, Rachel's womb, Sarah, Re Rebecca, you name it. He did all of that. He's the one who had the power. He's the God of the possible that brings us eternal life, everlasting life. And so as you just allow that to sink into your hearts and minds today, would you just bow your heads with me as the worship team comes uh, to lead us in two closing songs? Lord, we just come to you today. We just thank you for your word and the power of it. God, we thank you that you care for us so deeply. I'm not even sure we can comprehend it. But we thank you for the fact that you remember us. You have not forgotten us, Lord. And that you listen to us, Lord God. You hear our cries for help. And then, Lord, you provide according to your will and your perfect timing. And so, Lord, we worship you for that today. We worship you for your salvation, eternal life that comes through your son, Jesus. And so, Lord, we lift up our voices to you in worship now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.